welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. Welcome to another episode of the Fertility Conversations. Today, we're joined by a lovely guest, Sarah Vance. Sarah is a qualified personal development coach and author of the best-selling IVF Positivity Planner, a unique coaching uh, journal that has helped many people feel stronger and more in control while going through fertility treatment. Sarah has been working in the field of fertility for over seven years, raising the awareness of infertility and the need for support. And she's also the co-author of the EFS Fertility Patient Care Guidance and she's also part of the accreditation team. Sarah provides training to fertility professionals across the world, helping them to create a strong emotional support service. And she runs numerous online and face-to-face support groups, providing much needed peer understanding and support. Sarah joins us today to share her fertility journey and to educate us all about all that she does to support individuals and couples trying to conceive across the globe. So welcome, Sarah, and thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, hi, thank you for inviting me. It's lovely to be able to chat to you again. Yay, thanks. Lovely to have you here. Uh, so we usually start off by saying, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, you did a fantastic job there of, of introducing <laughs> me. And um, just to kind of take it back to where it all came from. So we, as you mentioned, had our own fertility journey. So I've been with my husband since we were 18. Uh, we got oh, married wow. when we were 25. Um, and like everybody else thought that when we started trying for a baby, it would just happen straight away. Um, unfortunately, it didn't. And it was kind of a, a, a very tricky six year journey for us. Um, so we went through two cycles of IVF. The first one wasn't successful. Um, I developed OHSS and there was complications there um before we could even have our first transfer um luckily for us our second transfer was successful and um we had my son who will be 10 next month so it's been a long time since um we were going through it and um I think one of the things that a lot of people you speak to who've been on their journeys will tell you is that it, it no matter how long ago it is it stays with you the feelings that you had um so once I'd been through my own journey I, I was working as a buyer before well while I was going through that um I wanted to change. I wanted to do something that I would that would help people who were going through what I'd been through. Because one thing I realized was there was so little support for people who were, were struggling to get pregnant, let alone going through treatment. Yeah. So I retrained to be a coach because I wanted to help people make changes um, and take positive action to make changes as well. So I, I retrained as a coach. I run support groups now um, I wrote um, and self-published my IVF positivity planner, um, as you mentioned, and, and I now work with fertility professionals to try and increase the support that they offer their patients when they're going through treatment. Right. Um, we were we were also lucky when my son was one, I fell pregnant naturally after everything we'd been through. And then um, I also have a daughter who's eight next month. Um, I almost feel guilty talking about it because she's not an IVF baby, but she's our miracle as well. And I don't believe we'd have either if it wasn't for, for her, you know, as being able to go through IVF. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, yeah. Thank, you. thank you so much for sharing that. And congratulations on your two wonderful kids. Um, thank you. I think you highlighted many 
uh, important factors and things that people feel guilty about, especially like you said, you have your first child through IVF and then you have the second, which again is a miracle, right? Like you said, any yeah. way you have it, whatever way they come through, it's a miracle. That's, that's it. And as I say, I don't believe we'd have had her if it hadn't been for going through IVF first time. We'd gone through six years of trying without any positive test result. Yeah. Um, you know, so that they're both miracles. But I know it it doesn't happen for a lot of people. And I often feel guilty sort of talking about that because, you know, we we were extremely lucky that IVF worked and that I fell pregnant naturally afterwards. And I, I'm extremely grateful for that. Yeah. And so now you retrained as a fertility coach. What is that? How, what is, what do you do now? So when I retrained, I was looking at whether I went into counseling or whether I went into coaching. Um, I saw a fertility, well, I saw a coach while I was going through treatment after I'd had my first cycle because I'd felt like it wasn't going to work when it, when it hadn't worked, I didn't believe it would ever work for us. And I knew I needed to do something different. So I saw a coach who gave me coping techniques, helped me look at different aspects of my life and helped me take a positive action, which is what I wanted to do. I didn't want to just sit and talk about how I felt. I wanted a plan to move me forward in whatever way that was. And that's what I wanted to help people with. So I retrained so that I could help people focus on on taking action and support them in making those changes they needed, whether that was to aid their fertility or just to give them a life that they were happy with while they were trying and and beyond trying to conceive whatever happened at the end of it. Um, sort of that accountability, challenging negative thought patterns and things like that. But the, the key thing for me in, in taking that route was that I wanted it to be action-focused. Yeah. I didn't want to just, the, the support groups, give me the opportunity to just listen to people and support them. But I wanted to do something where it actually helped them make changes and move forward in how they were feeling. Um, Cause I remember very much feeling stuck in where I was and, and not wanting to be stuck there. I wanted to take action. I want to move and whether that was IVF working for me, I had no control over that, but there was other things I could take control of. So as a fertility coach, I'm there to help you take back some of that control that we lose. And that's so needed, right? Because there's everything yeah. feels out of control when you're going through fertility treatments. It does. And it's a big thing that everybody says to me when I speak to them, either like clients or people in my support group. If you with everything you do in life, you can work hard towards getting it, but this is there's nothing you can do. Yes, you can make changes to age your fertility or how you feel but ultimately you have no control over whether it works or not for you whether you get pregnant one month or whether IVF works for you and you're giving up control of your life and your future but also giving up control of your body while you're going through treatment and I think it's really important when we feel like that to think about the things that we can control and just try and grasp onto those so that we don't feel like everything is out of our control yes so well said thank you and of course, I mean, when you talk about being out of control, one of the big parts when going through fertility treatments is the two week wait. Yeah. And that just feels like eternity. It does. Yes. <laughs> Each day feels like a month, doesn't it? When you're going through yeah. it. It yeah. is. So it's how you, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. And I was just going to say it also, when you're in the two week wait, you've been, you've had contact with your clinic every day and mm -hmm. suddenly you're all on your own and yeah. nobody else understands around you. So family and friends, if, if they've never been through it, don't understand. So suddenly you're out there on your own at this time that's really sort of anxious, isn't it? Yeah. And every feeling feels like a potential implantation sign and 
Yeah, you're sort of Googling every sign. Is this a sign of IVF works? Is this an implantation sign? And yeah, you sort of every you you're spot symptom spotting all the time. You're going to the toilet and looking out for signs it hasn't worked. You're like on Nicker Watch and it's just yeah, it's not the best time, is it? No, no. So what tips do you have to share with anyone listening or currently in that phase right now? Uh, I'd say keep distracted as much as you can, because otherwise, if you're sat there, you are going to be symptom spotting. You are going to be Googling. So try and keep distracted. So whether that's seeing friends, planning in things that you love doing, seeing people you love seeing, think people that will make you feel good. So try maybe avoid the ones that are a bit negative um, around that time. But do things that you enjoy doing and um, stay off social media because we know yeah. how triggering social media can be. It's difficult because it's getting that balance. If you find support from there, whether that's Instagram accounts or support groups, then it's kind of balancing that. Maybe just stay on the things that you know you'll get the support. Um, Chat to others who get it. So people in support groups who know what you're going through and you can kind of support each other through it. Um, And it's just important to be kind to yourself, except that it's you feel anxious and allow yourself to feel how you feel. Um, it's difficult. Like my first two week wait, I was back at work, but I was preparing for a big review and it was really stressful. Um, so my second two week wait, I um, I took the time off. I sat and watched TV shows that I loved. I went shopping with my mum. I took it really easy. So it's finding what works for you, because for some people, being off might mean that you, you're Googling more and, and symptom spotting more. And you might be better distracted at work. For some people, if you've got a really stressful or physical job, you might feel more relaxed being at home where you're not worrying that putting physical stress on your body is is you know causing problems so it's it's finding what works for you I think and what how you cope best yeah. you know work out what your coping techniques are and do that but staying distracted I would say is is a key one Definitely. when you're going through it thank you for sharing that it's okay and of course you're at one of your books that you've uh, the amazing book that you wrote which I'll have as well uh, IVF Positive uh. Planner it's an amazing book and I found it really helpful uh, um What's the inspiration behind writing that? Uh, completely, well, I say completely my own journey, but my own journey, the journeys of all the people I support in my support groups and clients, um, it's what I wanted while I was going through treatment. Um, I'm a big stationary fan anyway, um, but I wanted to create something that gave people the space to journal and things like that. But I didn't want it to just be a journaling space. I wanted it to help people take action. So why the same reason I got into coaching, I wanted it to be something that would people could work through and actually take something from that it would help them set goals for themselves, but in a gentle way, that it would give them activities they could complete to help them take control and to help them focus on other areas of their life and just guide them through it. And combined with that, it's called a positivity planner. And I know there's really negative connotations with positivity when you're going through treatment. And I ummed and ahed for ages over the name. But I wanted it to be something to help people feel positive and take some hope. I think quite a lot of the narrative around IVF and infertility can be quite negative. Mm -hmm. And I think it's trying to reframe that and help people focus on the positives in their life, but in a really gentle way. So what positive thing have I done to support myself today? What positive thing can I do tomorrow to aid my fertility or to look after myself? So I really wanted it to be something that would not only give people the space to journal and help them cope with their emotions, but to take control and make positive actions to feel better while they're going through treatment and help them cope through it as well. 
So it, it's just kind of that little guide that I wished I'd had when I was going through treatment. It's an amazing guide. Thank you for writing it. Oh, because thank again, you. <laughs> like you highlighted, it is so important to hold into hope on any form of control that you have. So, you know, extending grace to yourself and remembering to some affirmations on a daily basis, or even just keeping track of what you've done well, what you're planning to do. It's really helpful during that treatment and the journey. Yeah. And just trying to remember to sort of look for positive things. But I know I find if I'm doing um, like filling out a journal or a planner, if there's too much, like too many things to be grateful for, I find that really overwhelming. So I wanted it to be something where it was just one question or and really help you focus and guide you with writing it rather than it just sort of feeling too overwhelming. Um, it gets really great feedback. And I love it every time I get a message telling me like how helpful it's been because when it, when I first sold my first copy, the first thing I thought was, oh, I hope they like it. They <laughs> don't get it, think, oh, what's this I've ordered? Um, so I'm just always so pleased when I hear that people like it because it's completely, I put everything into it. And, um, I, you know, the point of it is I want, I want it to help people. And it is helping people. So thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That's really kind. Yeah. Whenever you get all this, uh, any sort of support uh, while going through, while you're, when you're trying to conceive, it's really helpful because, again, infertility impacts so many aspects of your life. It impacts you as a person. If you're in a relationship, it impacts that as well. Yeah. It impacts your work, impacts everything. So any form of support or connecting with people that understand is really helpful. Yeah. Definitely. I think it's that thing of knowing you're not alone and having your feelings validated because I certainly felt I, I didn't know anybody who was struggling, let alone going through IVF. And I think the feelings I was having at times, I thought I was going mad. Um, I thought there was something wrong with me emotionally. And I just didn't realize until I'd gone through this and started talking to others who'd been through it. And they said, oh, I felt like that. And I just thought, I wish I'd had a group of people who I could talk to and who would say, yeah, that's normal, which is exactly why I started the support groups, because I just wanted the, to be a space where people could know what they were feeling was normal and that it's all right to feel jealous of your friend when she tells you she's pregnant or to not want to go to family events because your brothers or sisters are there with children and it's just really hard. And you can't tell people, you can't tell your family that or you can't tell friends that because people don't understand and they just yeah. don't react positively to it but knowing you've got this group of people there who go oh I feel like that as well it's just really comforting isn't it it is and and even baby showers people invite you and you don't want to go and then people oh, make it yeah. seem like oh you're not being a nice friend they're like oh no not really yeah and it's it's not I think it comes down to a lack of understanding on their part that they just don't understand how deep the emotions go and how upsetting that is for you um and maybe if they did they'd be a lot more understanding about it but you know, it's difficult, isn't it? And yeah, baby showers is one I get a lot of people talking to me about saying, well, do, do I have to go? I feel like I have to go. And it, it's just really important to know you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. There's, you may feel you should do, um, but you don't have to. And it's, I think it's thinking about 
you know, if your friends know, maybe talk to them and tell them how difficult you find it um, and say, look, can we celebrate together separately? It's not that I'm not happy for you. It's just I find them really, really hard. Can we celebrate separately? Um, and if they don't know, you know, it's OK to think of an excuse. It's all right to say, yeah. oh, I'm really sorry. I've already got something on. I've got a family event on that day or um, I can come, but I, I can only stay for an hour and quickly show my face because I've got to go somewhere else. Yeah. If you f- really feel like you want to go. Um, but I think it's just really important to kind of remember that this is a difficult time. It's really difficult when you're struggling with infertility or you're going through treatment. So just be kind to yourself. Don't force yourself to do something you don't want to do and um, protect your emotional well-being. There's ways around it um, if you really don't want to go. Thank you. That's really important because, again, that's a major aspect for the whole journey as well. People having mm-hmm. an understanding and people being accepting of your feelings as well. Yeah. Uh, as you navigate your own journey. Um, yeah. And of course, with your support groups, which you have quite a few, uh, there are people able to join from across the globe or do they need to live in certain countries or? Uh, no, they're open anywhere. Um, I mean, I think one of them is t- one of them TTC Support UK. Um, I called it that, but really I'm, I'm probably going to take off the UK because people are welcome to join from wherever. <laughs> I don't want to restrict anybody um, because at the end of the day, those emotions are the same wherever you live. Yes, there yeah. might be differences in what treatment you can access, but other than that, your emotions and what you're going through is the same. So no, people are welcome to join from wherever wherever they live in the world. Um, so I've got TTC Support UK. Um, and then I created one called IVF Support um, because I found that my, as my TTC group was growing, there was a really wide um, kind of a wide range of people so who, from just starting to try to those who were on their, you know, sixth round of IVF treatment. And obviously the support you need between those points is hugely different. So I wanted to create a space that was safer for those who had been trying for longer and were specifically going through IVF because there was I was starting to find that members were saying, oh, there's a lot of people who have been trying for a month or two who are posting things and I'm finding it quite triggering. So I have the two groups that people are welcome to be in both or they're welcome to pick which one is right for them, um, you know, for the level of support they need. Um, so that was why I created the additional group, really, just because I wanted it to be, I want to keep it a safe space for everybody who needs yeah. support in whatever stage they're at. Yeah, and that's so important. Yeah. Um, and with that as well, you also have the coaching then separately? So one-on-one I, coaching or? I don't do the one-on-one coaching so much, but I am in the process of writing a course, um, an online uh, course that people um, will be able to do because obviously I've got the planner and people kept asking me about the coaching support. So I wanted <laughs> to create something that would support people through IVF. Um, I've worked for a lot for quite a few years now with IVF clinics, helping them increase the support in clinics. And I was thinking, well, actually, I know so much about going through IVF and supporting the staff. I need to be supporting patients as well through it in addition to the planner. Um, So a lot of the work I do now is more with the clinic side, but I am in the process of creating a course for people to support them through like a coaching course to support them through IVF. um, If they feel the need that more in-depth support. Okay. And this uh, courses will be online as well. Yes. Yeah. So it's going to be an online course, um, but with like um, some sessions with me, 
Right. Um, okay. Like group sessions, almost like a group coaching or group chat to kind of troubleshoot and talk through any problems, a bit almost like a support group yeah. chat <laughs> while we're doing it. So I am in the process of creating that just because so many people had asked about it as well. Yeah. It's so needed. Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, since it's 16 years since we started our fertility journey and so much has been a long time, right? I know. Years. I know. It makes me feel really old. <laughs> can't be 16 years um, but so much has changed it has improved so much but still there still isn't enough support especially in clinics and um, people are constantly telling me there isn't enough support out there and I think there's still not enough awareness you know around with people around us to be able to get that support which is why it's so important that those of us within the community need to make sure that support's there because we understand and can help people and well done on training the clinics. That's so important. Thanks. That is huge, right? Because oftentimes one of the major concerns that people have is just lack of understanding from clinics. Sometimes yeah. they just, you know, they see so many people that it, it can yeah. seem just like another number. But of course, to that person, that is that individual treatment that is, you know, that holds on their hopes and dreams. So it's important that they do treat that person with, care and yeah understanding so yeah, yeah thank you and you, you hit it completely on the head then that's what everybody tells me I felt like a number going through yeah. it and the staff I work with are amazing and um, they never ever intend to treat people in that way but I think it just becomes such a day-to-day thing and and lack of time and appointments is a huge thing as well they don't have the time to talk through things or ask how you're feeling emotionally it's very much the medical side and what I found is I'll speak to clinics and I'll say, do you offer emotional support? I say, yep, yep, we've got a counsellor. I'll say it's not it's not about having a counsellor because not everybody wants to access a counsellor. Not everybody can access a counsellor when they want to and at the time they need to or feels that they need it. What needs to be happening is a range of support services. You need the staff to be understanding and empathic. When I've spoken to people and I've done a survey um, of over 200 people they said that they rated their clinic as five out of ten as an average I mean some were zero but a lot were zero in terms of emotional support and having a culture of support in the clinics Um, so it's it's what I've been working on to try and do that I just felt like if I could help the clinic support patients better everybody who goes through that clinic benefits then so that's why I really focused on that because I think there's so much that can be done just in terms of thinking of the words they say to people, thinking yes. of the tone they say things, you know, to people in. And yes, you may have seen 20 patients today and be having a rough day, but you know, the patient seeing that, that affects them in a big way. And I think it's just small things that often get forgotten that can have a big impact in how a patient feels when they're going through treatment. Thank you. <laughs> because when I when I actually went to the Esri recently, I mean, I think uh, you were there. Wait, I'm not sure if you were there. At Esri. Not at Esri. I saw you at the fertility show. Fertility show, right? But I, one of the things I was saying that there were so many clinics, there were so many fertility, uh, you know, like companies there. But what we were really needing, which I hope will be included in the future is also fertility support uh, coaches, people that have an understanding of how the patients feel and can try to bridge the gap so that clinics can move closer to having a better understanding of how their patients feel and what they need apart from just the treatment. 
So, yeah. you know, all that you're doing is perfect. And it's just exactly what we need um, to just make it a better, as much as possible, make it a better journey. Um, because it's, it's hard already. Any way to make it easier is just welcome. Yeah, and it's completely true. And I, I wasn't at Esher, but I went to um, the British Fertility Society um, meeting in January. And it's something that I fed back there that there was so many clinicians there and so many pharmaceuticals and clinics. Mm-hmm. Um, but the section on emotional support was about two hours in a full weekend. Um, and same with Esher, that you just don't have, I think there just needs to be more focus and understanding. And if if places and events like that start to put the focus on emotional support, then it starts to filter down to clinicians yes. as well. And I think it's just that understanding that very small things can make a big difference to people. And people will stop, even from a commercial point of view for them, you know, people will stop going for treatment with them. They won't go for further cycles. <clears throat> they won't start treatment with them if they don't feel like they're getting supported. Exactly. So I'm hoping that this change has happened. Sorry, I'm hoping that this yes. change has happened. In the near Fingers future. crossed. Yes. yes. I mean, you're, already, you're, already, you're already making that change here in the UK, right? So well yeah. done. Thank you. <laughs> I'm trying. And if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way to reach out to you? Uh, well, I've got an Instagram account, which is IVF Positivity Planner. So you can follow me on there. Uh, I always say, please DM me if you've got any problems. Please reach out to me. I'm always happy for people to message me um, and I'll always get back to you. Um, You can reach me on my website, uh, which is www.positivityplanners.com. So there's ways you can message me there. My email address is on there as well. Um, When when you share the podcast, I'm happy for you to share my email address. If people want to contact me directly, I'd always rather people contact me if they're struggling than if they haven't got somebody there that they can talk to, please reach out to me. I will always get back to you because I think it's important if you don't have somebody that there's somebody there you can reach out to. Thank you. I'll share all the details in the show notes as well. Oh, thank you. What about the book? How can we purchase? For, I mean, I already have my copy, but how can <laughs> people get their copy as well? How can they purchase the book, IVF Positivity Planner? So you can get it on my website, which is the positivityplanners.com. Um, it's also available on Amazon and Etsy. So there's lots of places you can get it. If you um, if you put it into, into Google, you'll be able to find it. Um, and I mean, if you go on my Instagram account, there's links on there, but you'll also see more about the book as well. So if you're not sure um, what it is, I want to see pictures because it is very nice. <laughs> it's, I'll just grab one copy. So it is, it is very nice. Yay, to use. Like, yeah. I wanted to make sure it was really thick paper, that it was a nice yeah. book to actually use. So it is nice. If you want to sort of have a look um, at what's in it and more about it, you can find it on my website or Instagram as well. Yeah, and the pineapple at the beginning of the picture is really nice as well. The pineapple. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of become the sim- our symbol, hasn't it? The pineapple. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so nice touch to that. Thank you. Um, um, and if you were going to look back, Sarah, I mean, you've shared so much with us today and it's been amazing having you on here. But if you're going to look back and just uh, remember, talk to Sarah at 18, 18-year-old Sarah, what would you tell her? Um, I think the main thing I'd say is that you're not alone in what you're going through and you're not going mad. Um, it's normal to feel this way. Um, I think it'd be hard to go back to 18 and tell myself, I want to kind of almost say to myself, oh, it's all right, it'll work, it works out, because you just you just don't know that 
you know, you, you don't have any control over that. But I think one thing I would say is that, you know, it, it's normal to feel that way going through it. So don't feel like you're going mad. Reach out for support. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for support. I didn't really tell many people because, as I say, nobody knew, nobody we knew was going through it. And it it just felt still very taboo at that point. So Even I'd now? Say, yeah, well, this is it. And people don't like to tell their family members or friends what they're going through. And I really wished I had because I'd have had a lot more support then. Um, and I found others who were going through it. I think I almost blinkered myself to thinking, you know, I just need to keep my head down and just get through it. But actually, I'd say to myself, get support. It's it's vital. I wouldn't just recommend it. I'd say it's vital when you're going through this. Well said. So important. Thank you. And if there are any words of affirmation or that you'd like to share with anyone listening, currently going through their own journey, or words of encouragement, what would you say? In terms of encouragement, I'd say do what's right for you. Um, think about what works for you. Don't feel you have to do something a certain way because you see other people doing that. Um, you do what works for you because I think it's really important to kind of come, whatever the result of your time trying or going through treatment, knowing you've done everything that you could do that worked for you is really important. Don't feel you have to force yourself to do things. And as I said, get support. Get support. Um, there's so many places out there and different levels of support that you can access. So places like Instagram are a lot safer and more anonymous that you can get support. There's support groups, there's fertility counsellors. Get the level of support that's right for you and take control of of what you can because it'll make you feel less helpless. Um, And then I was thinking about kind of what had helped me in terms of an affirmation or or something. One thing that really stood out to me while we were going through treatment, I kept, and it's kind of where the, the planner comes in, I kept saying to myself, there's no point in worrying it won't help. In fact, it could make things worse. So after we'd had our positive test result, I started bleeding and I was really worried. The clinic, as much as I love everybody there, weren't very helpful and said to me, well, if you're miscarrying, you're miscarrying, there's nothing we can do about it. And I was driving to to work in the car as I rang them and I was just like, oh, right. Okay. And I had to go. Yeah. I had to go out into stores and do um, all this work. And I just have to keep saying to myself, there's no point in worrying worrying might make it worse but it's and it's certainly not helping me feel better so it was my way of stopping myself every time I felt like worry creeping in it was almost like a no stop it it's not going to help worrying it's not really productive in fact it could make things worse so for me that was the key thing that really stood out and I had to say that to myself all the way through treatment and all the way through once I was pregnant because I was so anxious after what we'd been through um you know and, and that really helped me because it was that reminder of right I don't want to go into that spiral of worry. Love it. Because anxiety, worry, it's all part of the, I mean, if you've dealt with infertility, anxiety and worry are like right next to you all the time. So yeah. reminding of yourself, that's really, really helpful to be able to, you know, remind yourself that you've done everything you can. Yeah. So that's whatever it. is out of your hands is out of your hands. You just. Yeah. Control what you can control. And, yeah. and let go of the things that you can't find a way to let go of those things and kind of find acceptance that you you can't control everything yeah thank you so much Sarah and that's oh. been it really has been amazing having you on here and I think that's a good place to to wrap up because you've uh, touched on so many aspects um, to provide support to people individuals and couples trying to conceive I'm so glad to hear as well 
We are now also providing support and training to clinics because again, that is huge. It helps to better support people in their journeys and help them to have better compassion from their clinics as well. Because again, the clinics, like you said, don't mean to be rude or not nice, but it's just they're not aware. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you spend a lot of time at your clinic. You want to feel supported while you're yeah. there. So it, it's really important. Yeah. So well done on what you're doing. And thank you so much for uh, choosing to uh, come on here today to share your story, but also for you writing your positivity planner. Again, that has been amazing for me. I've loved it. It's really been helpful. Uh, and I know lots you. of people have been uh, helped by it and supported by it as well. So all that you're doing is really uh, helpful because again there's so many infertility is rising globally so lots yeah. of people are being impacted by infertility and also their families as well so having a safe space to reach out to you to join one of your support groups or to also get your uh, journal or to reach out and get one of your online courses or again to get indirect support like the fact that you're training these clinics it's helping the entire fertility industry and the community as well so thank you so much for all that you're doing Oh, thank you. You're, you're very welcome. And thanks for doing this. And it's a great support having, I think, podcasts for people just to be able to listen to. And it's that it feeling of not being alone and understanding that other people feel the same is, is really important. So well done for all you're doing to, to raise awareness and offer that support as well. And thank you for having me today. Yes, thank you for being here. And we look forward to having you again in the near future. Definitely. Yeah, I'd love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us this week on the Fertility Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Fertility Conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.